And how about bringing passion and pragmatism under the same roof in our own field? Because I was talking about some of my followers. My real core followers um, aren't the longevity enthusiasts, although they're there. They're, my primary audience has historically been labs, labs around the country, geroscientists and allied field on things that relate to health span. Seems to me we have some major hurdles ahead. We're now much, much more funded than before, and I appreciate the plug you're pulling for some means, some outlets where individuals listening to this can connect with you and other uh, charitable and worthy endeavor. But within the longevity space, one major issue is reliable biomarkers. If this is ever going to hit human beings, really biomarkers know. are really hard. They they really are very hard. At the moment, we really haven't got particularly good epigenetic clocks yet. And uh, a large part of why people think we don't is because um, there's too much variation within the body. You know, the, you know, so people are now working quite heavily on tissue-specific clocks, for example. And, you know, that's all very well. And then these are only markers um, because how directly they connect to the things that are actually impairing function is generally, you know, not very directly at all. And therefore, there's always this uncertainty as to whether the markers that whether the markers will faithfully reflect and predict the impact of an intervention. So for the moment, I think most people would agree that the best biomarkers of aging are the traditional ones that do come down to either function or what's in your blood, you know, things like that. Now, that may change. And of course, I'm one of those many people who are paying close attention to progress in this area. But that's where I think things stand now. I'd like to see a panel. I think we need both, and and when we, uh, it's not just methylation markers at the the the, the novel ones, but uh, omics, any kind of biomarker that we can have, and we can also validate them through some of these initial studies as well. We they need some of what we're seeing in the epigenetic clocks, for example. They're not necessarily biological aging, but healthy adaptations to biological age. So yeah. let's let's wrap up here. There, there's as I mentioned, a lot of my uh, audience represent labs and scientists around the world and who follow you. And I want, and often you're interviewed towards general audiences, but here you're talking to them. You're talking to other uh, scientists, both uh, SENS model and, yes, and yes. traditional geroscientists. What messages do you have for the, to them that you think uh, they should hear? Your unique perspectives and vantage point that you think the field biogeroscience would benefit from what where would you take this yeah so it's hard because the um main reasons why most of my colleagues in the field are not working on the things that i would like them to is not because they don't think those things are the right things to work on the main reason is because the system you know because they get they get um funded by government grants and so on um, requires them to um, compete with each other in the wrong way. Specifically, in order to get your next grant application funded, you've basically got to have a bunch of publications in high-profile journals all the time. And that means you're forced to work on the low-hanging fruit, on things where you can get glitzy results quickly, irrespective of whether those results actually have meaning in the long run. That is appalling, but it's not the fault of the scientists. Um, so, you know... Outside of that, you know, I, I, you know, I was able to set up an organization and just essentially, I like to just, I like to say that I went from amateur to grant administrator in one step. And um, 
So I just got very, very lucky in being able to uh, get stuff done just by getting a, num a relatively small number of people to trust me um, and to, you know, to, to, to put their faith in me and to write checks. And uh, I've been able to maintain that trust, uh, even though, you know, the number of publications that have come out of um, the work that, that, that I have attracted funding for is relatively pitiful and uh, in terms of you know number per per year um you know no, that that has not been the measure that the people who have supported me have been using and that's good because it's the wrong measure and now i want to put in my pitch for your work here uh, you know i followed you for a very long time and uh i i i appreciate your uh discussing with me all of the i think it's by understanding all of the controversies in the field that people are able to make sense and hear directly from you uh, your your vision and an LEV foundation and for all the, the good work that you do. Uh, but the plug that I'd like to, to uh, place is I've stated before that it's going to take um, accurate and responsible messaging, but also diverse messaging. It's going to take diverse individuals with a diverse sense of optimism and perspective. But there's another kind of diversity that I haven't really touched upon that speaks to the importance of the kind of work that you're doing. I think at the time of that earlier publication from EMBO, where I think we were at a different state where Stenz was really more fundamentally like a foreigner <laughs> in the space of potential contributions. And it's been starting to prove itself in a variety of ways, some concrete ways with life extension model organisms. We've made progress uh, there, um, but the message is, it's going to take multiple paths. And while I'm probably most well-known in the, lo the longevity space for speaking, for example, on rapa uh, rapamycin and other rapalogs, if someone were to ask me my belief for the long-term, it only it's really a short-term, maybe low-hanging fruit, if it is effective, because it hasn't been tested in humans for life extension. Um, but the kind of fundamental from the uh, fundamentally targeting, repairing, uh, rejuvenating, replacing, uh, targeting the damage of, associated with aging, if we really want to make substantial progress, we're going to need to go beyond tinkering and messing with particular enzymes and receptors uh, away from just small molecules to things that alter fundamental physiology. Uh, so with that, I, I want to give you an opportunity if you had anything else to, to add, uh, but I, I've really appreciated your coming aboard. It's been really a delight. I, I'm a big admirer of your work, and uh, it was very gracious of you to come. Well, you're very kind. Thank you. And I, I, yes, I, I, um, you've certainly made clear over the, this time that um, you have a lot of faith in the damage repair thing, even though, as you say, most of what you talk about publicly is in the theomimetic kind of area. Um, so, yeah, I mean, um, as you say, we've come a long way. You've covered a lot of the um, how we got there and how I have navigated all of this. And of course, what matters is that we still have a long way to go. Um, I'm certainly not in a position to, you know, uh, rest on my laurels in any way. And so um, you know, the, um, the, the, the reason why I'm delighted that you have started this podcast series is because it's the way, way to get the message out to people. Obviously, we do very much need more financial support to be able to get this done. 
Um, uh, the experiments that we're doing, these large combination experiments with a thousand mice, they do cost you know a few million dollars each. Um, and um, so we're very happy that we were able to get the first one going, but we're, we're scrambling to get the second one going. We've got a very, um, we've already put a lot of work into designing the second one with new different interventions. Um, and we'll be talking about that more and more over the, over the coming months uh, and uh, hopefully being able to get going towards the beginning of next year if we were able to bring in sufficient support um, in the next couple of months. So thank you very much again for, for this, Lovely obviously. Um, <laughs> Take care. Bye-bye.